Good morning, Gator Nation, and welcome to another special episode of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast with our brand new logo. I am your host, Neil Shulman. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at All Kinds Weather and on Facebook and YouTube under the name In All Kinds of Weather. My co-host, Dustin Smith, is on the road, but he is with us today, and we've got a very special guest joining us today as well, Florida defensive back Jadarius Perkins, a.k.a. J.D., He's got an amazing story to share with us. He is part of a new era of Gator football with the 2022 Gator football team. We'll talk about all that in just a few moments. But as always, before we get to that, quick word about our sponsors slash partners. We are proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, nonprofit organization that works to send an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp. For those of y'all that are new listeners, the Gator Good Foundation collects donations from fans and uses those donations to bring someone to his or her first ever Florida Gator football game. We pay for flights, for rental cars, for hotels, game tickets, gear, swag, and just generally make sure that they have the swamp experience of a lifetime. We are still looking for someone to send to the swamp in 2022, but we are about to wrap up our search. So last call, if you believe that you or someone you know is worthy of the honor, reach out to us at GatorGoodFoundation at gmail.com. We are also, as always, looking for donations. To donate to our cause, please go to GatorGoodFoundation.com and click on the donate button. Second, we're proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting in your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are two great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. One is it is a veteran-owned business. You can't think of a better way to thank those who serve our country than by giving the business. And number two, it is run by a Florida Gator alum. So yes, they do awesome work, but they do awesome work and they're owned by a UF alum who also happens to be a U.S. veteran. To learn more about their services and rates, go to stingraybranding.com. Oh yeah, and by the way, three, I can personally vouch for them because like I said at the top, if you haven't noticed somehow yet, in all kinds of weather has a brand new logo. Stingray Branding did that. Specifically, thank you, Alan Thompson. And thank you, design intern Lindsay Franzine. Thank you both so much. I I love it. It is absolutely incredible. And Lindsay, you're going to do amazing things one day very, very soon. But for now, thank you so much for all your hard work and for putting up with all the tiny little micro details slash Easter eggs I ordered you to put in there. And speaking of that, the Easter eggs. There are 15 hidden details in our new logo. All 15 of them are directly related to something about the Florida Gators athletics program. Thanks to our friends at the real estate firm Savvy Ocala slash Savvy Gainesville, in all kinds of weather is running a contest where the first person to find 10 of those Easter eggs in our new logo wins free tickets to a Gator baseball game in 2023 obviously because the schedule's not out yet and it won't be for quite a while. Uh, game is TBD that we'll send you to, but uh, long story short, the CEO of Savvy Ocala slash Savvy Gainesville gets season tickets each year, winds up selling or donating, I would say about 
60% of them, 55%, maybe a little bit more than half of those games he winds up selling or donating. So there, there will be options. We will have, we will have options uh, to choose from and whoever winds up winning the contest can and will work with us and the owner of that real estate firm to decide the game that you'll go to. But as for the contest, most of these Easter eggs are very, very esoteric. You will have to look very, very sharply, and you'll have to have quite the, the knowledge bank of Florida Gator Athletics to find most of them. Um, in fact, I'll just say three of them are outright impossible to detect unless you do something very specific for a living. Um, and so I, I'm not going to ask you to find all 15. So, And, and four more of them are, are near impossible, but still – technically detectable. Um, so anyway, it's not very likely that someone's going to find 10. And if, if nobody finds 10, whoever correctly gets the most of them by midnight between Monday night and Tuesday morning will win the baseball ticket. So again, if someone gets 10, which I'll be very impressed by, but if someone does get 10, the contest ends and that person will win it. If nobody gets 10, whoever correctly gets the most Easter eggs between now and midnight between Monday night and Tuesday morning will win the tickets. So happy hunting y'all and good luck. And again, Lindsay, thank you so much. It is just absolutely sensational. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, we have Jadarius Perkins on with us today. He is a defensive back for the Gator football team. He will be in his second season with the Gators this year. Looking forward to a big year for him. Jadarius joins us now. Thank you so much for being with us, and welcome to our show. Oh, man, no problem. It's a pleasure to be here, really. Of course, it is our, it is our pleasure to have you on. We have a lot to get to. Great story of yours. We have a team that I think is going to have a great story of its own um, as, it, as it gets written over the next couple of months. But we like to start our conversations with guests with a segment that we call the lightning round, which helps our listeners get to know you as an individual beyond the athlete that we all see on TV a little bit better. So first question for you is, is how did you first fall in love with the game of football? Man. Uh, so I grew up boxing. Okay. So I didn't play football until around, like, eighth grade. And um, I was outside playing with my friends, and I was just, you know, fast. I'm faster than everybody, so I'm just running around scoring touchdowns. This is backyard football. And um, my friend, he said, I'm going to go try out for the eighth grade team. So we both went and tried out. Of course, he ended up didn't make it. Like, he ended up not making it. And um, I made the team. And um, it's honestly it, – it's been history ever since then. I mean, like, it gives – it allows me to take my mind away from everything, you know, like I didn't grow up the best, but it, it allowed me to take my mind away from everything and just really like have fun. So that's really what I, what I love them. Like my love for the game came in. So, I mean, you talk about not having the best uh, potential upbringing situation. So tell us a little bit more about that upbringing of yours and, and how it has shaped you into the man you are today. Man. Uh, so I grew up with a single mother, you know, a single mother, um, I had two brothers, a little sister. My brother stayed in a lot of trouble, you know. He, he was always in trouble, so he was, in the, he was in and out of juvie and things like that. But, um, man, really, my little brother and my little sister, they both look up to me. You know, they both look up to me. My little brother, he playing Juco right now, just like me, you know. So I gave him hope. You know, I'm the first one to graduate out of my family, so that's a big thing to me. So, really, 
that's really I don't know. That's really all. That's the gist of everything. You know, that's that's really just how everything was. You know, you know, tough upbringing. You know, just like everybody else. You know, we hear these stories time and time again. You, know, you have someone grow up in a rough neighborhood and made it out. You know, first to graduate out of their family, things like that. So what does it mean to you to be a pioneer in the sense that you are the first to graduate in your family? How much does that mean to you? Uh, I, man, I take pride in every day. You know, that, that's, that is, I say, like, one of my accomplishments. That is, that's, that's one of my accomplishments so far, you know, being like, being like one of the first out of my family to really to graduate. So, um, man, I don't, that's something nobody can take away from me. Even when my JUCO, when I, had my, when I got my, you know, JUCO diploma, you know, that, that felt like, it felt like best feeling ever. You know, even high school, like that was like that was amazing. That was an amazing accomplishment because people in my family never done that before. For sure. So started out a little heavier than we intended to, but we'll we'll get a little bit more lighthearted um, with the last couple of lightning round questions. We'll talk plenty about you and the Gators in a moment, but we asked this of every player that we get to do the lightning round with, so we can sort of compare and contrast answers. What is your favorite Florida Gator jersey color combo? Oh, all orange. All orange, really. All orange. all orange. I love it. Somebody told me it was tacky, man. I got mad at them. Why? I got mad at them. All orange is just a pop out. They say it's too bright. It's too bright. Like, uh, nah. I love it. I love it. Okay. You, you are wearing blue now. I will point that out to everybody listening. You are not wearing orange at the moment. Um, Okay, so so on the road, I assume uh, orange helmet, white jersey, and orange pants. Man, uh, no, you, you, you see LSU game? LSU yeah, but game? I mean, right, oh, but but they they don't wear colors at home. They wear white at home, so we had to wear our home jerseys. I'm talking about when Florida is the road team and they have to wear white jerseys. I'm saying you you still prefer the orange pants and orange helmet. Yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, and um, last sort of lightning ish round question to date what has been your best memory as a florida gator what's the best memory you've made so far uh lsu game lsu game uh they threw a deep bomb on me i made a play kind of recovered uh that was that was the play that to me was like the more like the most like sec play ever in my career like i heard the fans going crazy i look up the ball on the ground it's third and long you know like that's the best feeling ever, especially for a DB. I do remember that play. I do remember that. And I thought that's awesome. The game went in a way that it was kind of hard to focus on that for too much longer, but I do remember that play, even despite how the game went. So that's, that's awesome that you're able to still remember something positive out of that. So let, let's back up a little bit though, past the upbringing days, but even before the days of you playing or not, or not playing, but you being a part of the Missouri football team back when you're in high school, you're getting, some attention, you wind up committing to Southern Miss, a lot of things wound up happening next. So it's hard to just ask a single question about it. But in, in your words, can you tell us just, just what happened from that point? And you're committed to Southern Miss. And after that point, what happens? And, and where okay. does your life journey take you? So, okay, I'm committed to Southern Miss. Um, they dropped me. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, they, they dropped my scholarship um, last minute. And I didn't know nothing about it, but I, it was a grace issue. It was a grace issue, but they didn't tell me anything about it. Didn't try to like help me whatsoever. Try to give me no assistance. They just they dropped me. So I had to go to JUCO. Um, a year later, six months later, they they beat Namador step. 
and uh, I end up getting, I end up, you know, becoming top corner in the country. And I'm here, you know, so that's 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 really that's really all to it, honestly. They dropped your scholarship. I mean, that like that's a thing that I I can never understand. It like if if you and and the school go back and forth and you you know just don't get the job done, whatever. Then I can understand it, but the, the suddenness that they did it sort of just uh, sticks out to me. But I mean, you wound up in a better spot. You yeah. wound up at a at, in the SEC twice in the SEC, first at Missouri and then at Florida. So you then had a lot of offers coming out of of uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still bitter about that. I'm still bitter about them dropping. Like, uh, <laughs> I wish I wish Florida would play Southern Miss somehow. I mean. Man, they, what? They, 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 I mean, they won't. They won't get to a bowl game that we'll see them in, unless we wind up in the Independence Bowl. But if we do, we have bigger problems, yeah. I guess. But I mean, we we won't see them on the field. But I wish that you could get a chance at, at just showing them up. But it's so crazy because the new DC at Southern Miss now is uh, Coach Tony. Our, our DC, um, they're real tight. So yeah, they talked about me not too long ago. Man, it's it's crazy. It's honestly crazy. But I, I think I thank them. I thank them. They showed me that I could be better than what I was at that time. You know, they, they, that gave me more confidence. They gave me more drive. And I think that's the reason why I'm, like, why I'm here right now. So it's a, it's a lesson that, that made you into a better person. So you're, not, so you're bitter a little bit, but you're also thankful. Yeah, for sure. I'm only bitter because, you know, obviously I wasn't too much of a priority. They didn't think I was too good. They didn't, so, they, so they didn't really try. They didn't really tell me anything. They just dropped me and stopped communicating with me. That's the only that's the only t- reason why I'm kind of bitter about the situation. But as far as everything else, you know, uh, grades issue, they, they made me grind hard in the classroom. They made me like actually care about school. You know, I never have another grade issue. Like, I had a three graduated with a, with a with a three two out of three five out of Gulf Coast and got a three two here. Like this, like I never look back. So it has made you better. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's what we're all about, right? I mean, we, we get better as people. We learn things and we improve upon ourselves. That's all we can really ask for. So um, you wind up going to Missouri for a minute. It doesn't end up working out there. So how, how does that whole situation play itself out? And, and how do you wind up going from community college to Missouri and then seemingly minutes later to Florida? Um. So I had a um, somebody recruiting me, David Gibbs. You know, he's the coach at UCF right now. Uh, love him, great guy. Um, he recruited me, and um, he left. You know, um, they hired an NFL guy in to come take the job. You know, Missouri was going through a lot of transitions. You know, with defensive coordinators, and they fired the guy that recruited me that I wanted to play for. Um, so that kind of shook me up. You know, I'm young, coming from JUCO, haven't really never left home. You know, I was 30 minutes away from home when I was in JUCO, so. Uh, I came out there with somebody I nobody I didn't know. He gone now, so uh, I don't know anybody. Um, that's the only. That's literally the only reason why I came there. Um, and I just had a rough time. I had a I had a really rough time, and I ended up leaving. And it didn't work out. So now you are at Florida under a new staff, but it was a prior staff that recruited you to Florida. So what was it about Dan Mullen or, or his staff or just the Gators in general that won you over and made you a Gator? Oh, it's Florida, and I play DB, DBU. It's that simple. No question. That, it's just that simple. Just that simple. Man, uh, that's, I guess that's all you need to say about that. So 
I wanted to ask you uh, one question about a certain teammate of yours who you were previously teammates with at JUCO because we, we can't have you on and not ask about him. Mr. Dewan Black was a teammate of yours at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. Your teammates with him now. He is a fan favorite. He is ridiculously talented. Uh, just just a special dude, all things uh, considered. So what, what has it been like for you to share such a large percentage of your football journey with him? And from your perspective, what is it exactly that makes him so special? Man, personality. His personality makes him different than no other. You know, he's an outspoken person. You know, he ain't not scared. He's not scared to say anything. He's just not a shy, timid person. That's not black. And, you know, man, for me to share this journey with him, man, look, I was just talking about it when we was in OTAs just earlier, man. Like, dude, that's my dog. Like, that's my brother. I'm tight with him. Like, like me and black like this. Like, he needs something, I got him. He, he needs something at night, he called me. Like, that's, that's my dog. So how did you form that relationship with him? Was, was it like, I, I mean, not love at first sight, but was it like an instant brotherhood at first sight or, or did it take a little bit of time or did he come up to you and introduce himself? How, how does that all start? Okay. So, you know, I was going to Gulf Coast already and Black did not know whether he was going to go to Florida or not yet. So when the news came out, man, I hit Black up fast. Like I hit him up fast. Like, hey, we need you here. You know, we, we're trying to go win a national championship. And we did that, you know, so... Got him up there, and, and ever since we came up there as, as freshmen at Gulf Coast, man, we've been locked in because we knew we was a top freshman. Like, we was a top freshman. When you come in with another freshman, you guys both know that you could be something. You know, y'all y'all, tend to lock in. And men, blind, men black are like, we just like, we just like each other. Like, we had the same type of personality. He more outgoing to me. He more spoken to me. I don't, I don't do like the, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm shy, but I'm not shy. Like, but he, he don't have it at all. You know, he, he going to talk, so. Kind of cool. one is going to talk. We we have learned that on loop many, many times. Um, but it's great because I mean he backs it up. It's not like he's a talker and then just goes out in the field and doesn't do his job. No, he he yeah. goes out and he performs, or at least in those few opportunities that he's gotten, which is kind of the next question uh that I have. And that is Florida's 2021 season obviously was not what many of us thought it was. We won't spend too much time on it because, it, I mean, we all know what happened at this point, but even still, everybody has different experiences. So your experience is, is probably different than Lorenzo Lingard's experience, different from Ethan White's experience and so on. So what was it like to be Jadarius Perkins during the 2021 Gator football season? Um, it, was, um, it was definitely tough for me. I got in um, – Got in the fall, and I, I did not really know the plays. I didn't understand the plays. Um, so I was playing a nickel. That's one of the hardest positions on the field. And, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, obviously you make a lot of mistakes. You can't play as fast. So I had some mistakes, you know, that I could have done better. I, I could have played a lot faster. But, you know, I'm not going to dwell on that. You know, that's, that's in the past. But just – I just – Hmm. That, that was kind of like a bad time for me. I was in a bad spot. You know, a lot of people don't know about that. Didn't talk about it much. I mean, I just played my role, you know, just hopefully this year will be better. And that's why I'm at Florida because I, I want to show that Jadarius Perkins is the same Jadarius Perkins they recruited. So what, so what exactly made that a bad spot? Was it just the losses or was it something else? Both. Definitely both. When you when you're coming in a, a team, we, we, we our heads down. You know we can't win. You know, we can't get it together. 
That, that's that's definitely tough on a whole organization as a whole, from the coaches, you know, from your family, your people, your people at home. They seen you lose. Now, now we, we're Florida. They're watching me on TV, and they, they seen me lose. You know, that's kind of bad. I gotta ask answer questions to them. You know, to my family. So, and another time, like I, I couldn't, I couldn't really get the plays fully, so I wouldn't play at my the level that I wanted to play at. So that was not, another frustrating part. You know, just a lot of things. Talk, so I had things going on back home. So man, it was just it was it was, it was a lot. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, um, definitely don't want to don't want to pry too much about those those home problems. But it it does seem like you're in a better spot now. Um, and speaking of things that have gotten better, Florida definitely has a a breath of fresh air as head coach. We can say. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dan Mullen absolutely to me was a genius when it came to X's and O's of offense. I mean, he was the OC for two natties for Florida. You can't take that away from him. And he was a damn good play caller at Florida too um, as a head coach, but it ultimately didn't work out uh, for him. So what, what was the last impression you had of, of Dan Mullen? Did you have a, a farewell interview with him? Did you get to say goodbye to him? How, how did that all wind up? Well, honestly, i never, I still haven't talked to Mullen. I still haven't talked to him, but um, as far as the personal wise, you know, I respect him. You know, um, great coach, like great, great coach. Um, I wouldn't, I don't have a bad thing to say about him uh, at all. I really don't. I, I don't. He's a great person. I haven't really spoken to him at all. You know, I, I really, I really liked him the moment. I honestly did. Well, we're not really fishing for anything uh, dirty or juicy here when we ask you that. It's just really – the fact of the matter is we've, we've got a coach with a markedly different personality now. And in order to best set the stage for this new era, with this new coach, with this markedly different personality, I just thought it was important to, to sort of go back and, and compare and contrast the two. Speaking of which, I think Dustin's finally got his internet working and yeah, there he is. Dustin's in his car driving along with us. But can you hear us, Dustin? Yes. So Jadarius, so um, just kind of kind of off air. Uh, I'm I'm driving. So if you hear any any noise in the background, I'm I'm on the road in in uh, Central Florida. Um, but I'm I'm real happy to be on this on this pod with you. And and you know just just back to things. So Jadarius, we have obviously. Um, it seems like all hell broke loose with, with the team. Uh, it does seem like Mullen lost the team, but we're not going to really focus on that. What I want to focus on specifically is your first impression and your first encounter with Coach Billy Napier. So, Jadarius, what was your first impression of Coach Billy Napier when you met him for the first time? Oh, man. That's a honest guy. Honest guy. Honest guy. Want to win. Do everything to win. Um, care about he care about people he care about you they care about each and every individual like i, I can honestly vouch that for him. he care about like the betterment of each and every individual and uh you like can't ask for much more from a coach that's awesome so my follow-up question you you have the great opportunity to be coached under uh both corey raymond who is you want to talk about ebu the only challenge to Florida's DBU status has been LSU over the years. Well, the professor of LSU's DBU is now the defensive backs and the assistant to the head coach for defense. 
for the Florida Gators. So <laughs> there's no question, Florida's DBU. So, man, I want you to tell me about, about not only your relationship with Corey Raymond, but tell me a little bit about your experience with Spring and being able to learn from him as far as technique and, and your preparation for that. Man, you said it. You said it. We got Corey Raymond, you know, he's the GOAT. Oh, that's somebody that I look up to personally. You know, I want to be a coach later on in life, so definitely. Uh, man, again, that is the GOAT. But um, having a spring with him, man, uh, you know, he, he's one guy. He, he's not – he's about business. He's about business and technique. He's a real big technique guy, a like, real big technique guy. Uh, so the thing I, – I have a really tight relationship with him. When I first – you know, I didn't finish the spring and then I got hurt. You know, that's, that's a guy that – uh, talked to me, told me everything was gonna be okay. You know, you're looking great. You know, you know, like, like he he's he's a real stand up dude. You know, I personally he, he's he's my type of coach. Like he's my type of coach, personality wise. You know, the technician. You know, uh, I love him. Again, another players coach. When I say Napier brought in a like a like a lot of player coaches like that really care about the like the player at the individual. He did that, and and that's that's another thing that showed me the type of guy that he was, with the type of like coaches that he brought in. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, perfect. That's that. I mean, that's why that's why Florida fans are so excited about the staff. I mean, we, we we're talking about the relationships that that the coaches are building with you. We're talking about hopefully we're going to drop this podcast um, in the middle of the week. But I mean, Florida right now is hoping to have a nice big weekend on the recruiting trail. Friday Night Lights yeah. coming up, so that's all the same thing. That's all built on relationships. And it seems like this staff isn't one that will just put on a face when they recruit you or when they first meet you to make a nice first impression. It seems like it's something that they're consistent about and it's a way of life for them to build relationships with you. And, and every day in practice, even when you do something wrong, it seems like they're all about building you up and making sure that you get better um, at whatever it is that, you know, you didn't do right on that specific way. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about the Gators football team as it relates to the 2022 season. Um, enough looking back. That was the sour enough point for all of us. Um, 2022 Gators started in the spring, as we know. Um, definitely a lot of changes to both the offense and defense. Let's start with what you've noticed from the offense because you're not on offense but you practice against them and your job is to beat them on every rep so what have you noticed from the offense as a whole uh compared to what you saw from them when you went up against them last season in practice it is a lot of weapons a lot of weapons there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of weapons like for for a receiver you no know, running back uh AR, he's more confident. You know, you can see it. You can, you can, like, he, you can, you can see it out of him. Like, he's more confident. He's, he's comfortable. You know, and that, that's great to see your quarterback is comfortable. And he's, he's back right. You know, like, when your quarterback is comfortable and he, he's feeling himself, you got a great team. Got a great team. So, I mean, everyone knows about AR because that's the guy that, I mean, he's the quarterback. He's wearing number 15. He's the guy that's, that flashed all this special stuff last year. Um, so, I mean, he's the guy that everyone's focusing on this year, but it takes a lot more than just a quarterback for an offense to work. I mean, you can have a great quarterback and nothing else and the offense won't do very well because the other players aren't doing their jobs in the game of 11 on 11. So aside from Richardson, mm -hmm. what about the offense do you think is going to be most scary for other defenses to have to face? I hate to keep talking about AR, 
but with the the punch between Naquan, um, Latrell, you know, Lorenzo, <laughs> AR running the ball. I mean, we got Ricky outside. He's very explosive. <laughs> like, like the sky, the sky's the limit. Like, like these dudes look good. Like these dudes look great. Like I wish we could, I wish I could have seen them in seven on seven just a while ago. Like, these dudes look great. Yeah, that's the thing people should know. Yeah. <clears throat> JD came right from seven on seven to do this podcast. So those images are fresh in his mind as he's talking about them right now. Um, so the offensive line for Florida, I know you don't go up against them directly. So sometimes mm-hmm. I guess you do, but I mean, you're not a defensive lineman. You're not matched up against them in the trenches. Um, but from what you've seen of them, um, Osiris Torrance, Ethan white, Mirage, a lot of guys with experience, coming back, what has impressed you about them specifically? Because, I mean, that, that that's where football starts. So what has impressed you the most about Florida's offensive linemen? Um, they're all a student of the game. Like, they're all a student of the game. They, like, they know their stuff. They're always in the film room. Like, you go in the, you go in the facility, you see, you see the O-line together. They're, like, they are together watching film. Like, that's, like, when your O-line unit, like, Coming together, you know, they watching film, you know, looking at protection, like things like that. That's that is very important. You know, my little brother play O line, so I, I kind of understand a lot of the things and affect like my like Osiris. Like he's one of my brother's favorite. Like, my brother always talking like, man, look. Like when my brother came down here a couple of days ago, I had to let him chill with him. You know, I had to let him chill with my guy Sabo. So, man, that dude, I, and he a beast. I'm not gonna lie, he a beast. He, he's different. <laughs> He is different. He is. I mean, I I watched him. I watched a bit of tape of him at Louisiana, and he. I mean, there obviously the the talent isn't quite the same, but between that and the spring, I'm I'm very excited about what I've seen from him. So, um, I mean, you, you touched on it just now. This is my personal favorite part um, about talking to players because this is my favorite part of the game of football. It's about the role of intelligence and and IQ in the game of football because everyone's talented in the sec i mean missouri florida south carolina kentucky mississippi state every school has talent some with a little bit more than others but everyone has a lot of talent on their team sometimes the team that plays smarter or schemes better can get the advantage head to head so let's start with you specifically i mean you talked a little bit earlier about being you know a student of the game but when did you first become a true student of the game and how do you think that has helped you become more of a student from when you first embraced the role of IQ of the game of football till now. Probably when I when I first really became a student of the game, I was probably in eighth grade. Eighth grade because I was a late bloomer and um, I started playing kind of late, so I didn't really understand football. So that's when I had to look things up. I had to ask questions. You know, I had to. Uh, I had to do do the extra to really understand like what I was doing and why I was doing it, and that's when I became like to want to be a coach. And I've been wanting to be a coach since I started playing football. And it, I just I learned more and more things like as it going on and as I as I kept playing. But um, really, when I dialed into like the X's and O's, like the real X's and O's, like like what's the D line doing? What's the off? When I like that's when I was in JUCO, and it it got even more. It went up a little more as like when the new staff came in, like uh, Coach Tony. Man, that's a wizard. He a wizard. That is a wizard. And, and me being under him, 
uh, he taught me a lot about football and, and taught me a lot about the X's and O's of the game as well. So what, what makes Patrick Tony a wizard? That's, that's very interesting that you say that. What makes him a wizard? Everything you do, he's ready for it. He, yeah. he, he knows what the offense trying to do before they do it. He can, he can literally put up a play and know the route combination probably. He could, he could, probably, guess, he could probably guess the route combination. That's pretty, yeah, that, that's pretty good. That's, that's what makes him an SEC defensive coordinator. Another, uh, actually, another thing about him, um, just how he breaks down things, how he explains things, like he's a, te- he's a great teacher. He's a great teacher. And that's been the biggest asset for me as well because, like I said, I had a tough time, you know, coming in last year in the fall, had a tough time, you know, really grasping the plays and understanding them. But with him, he kind of break, break it down for me and make it a lot easier. And all the guys say that. We all say that. Like, he makes it so easy that you can't mess up. If you mess up, then, you know, if you mess up his play, something is wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, Jadarius, um, I know we, we keep hitting on it, but you, you get to study football. Um, and I, and I, the reason why I'm framing it like that is because we're talking about the IQ part of football, the, the, the mind part of football, not just the physical. Like Neil said, there's so many uh, physical um, athletes in the SEC. A lot, everybody in the SEC um, has it in that regard. You, you get to do this under the GOAT and Corey Raymond and the, the wizard. Now, we're going to call him that from now on. Um, the wizard and Patrick Tony. Uh, Jadaris, I want you to tell me um, about how you developed from a technique standpoint uh, over the last few months in both spring practice, um, OTAs, other other element, the seven on seven, other other elements you've had the opportunity to be um, to be grown in this system. Uh, really, they they just slowed my feet down. You know, um, got got my brain working a little. You know, a little quicker. So. Honestly, when they explain things, they break down in certain pieces. So when I'm on the field, I think of those things like like say like say for instance, if I have if I have this one job to do, then if I have this one job to do, they they break it down in two different like parts to help me understand. Like it's, it's basically like I want to say third third grade math or something like that when you got when you got division when you got division and you got to break it down in certain parts like he makes it like he makes it like just that simple it's like it's like steps it's like steps you go to do things like you step a certain way before you before you read before you read like the quarterback and after you step a certain way then you take one step you're doing this step you're not reacting on the receiver you're basically doing your own movements and the reaction comes later, and then you let your you let your athletic ability take over the rest. And we all athletes. We are we all athletes out here. We play for Florida, so really just slowing down your feet and just slowing down the way your brain processes things. That's awesome. I, I love hearing you talk about the the specific technique. Is that, I mean, it's so important to being successful. Um, you know, it's been said that that it has to be muscle memory. But in order for that to become muscle memory, you have to practice. You have to practice right technique. Yeah. So, zooming out a little bit, you tell us about the specific position that you're 
that you're um, you're going to be playing this year for the Gators. I know, um, at least from from what I've seen, it, 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 slot corner. Um, is that is that right, or, or, or are you going to be adding a little more to the mix than the, than slot corner? Oh yeah, I'm. I will be playing uh, outside corner, and I'll be in the slot. So I'll be doing awesome. a little bit. Of- That's awesome. Well, I, I want to focus in on slot corner because it's such an important position on the defense. Now, from an offensive standpoint, you think about the tight end position and what the tight end position has become in the last 10 years, really the last five years of, of college football, even in the NFL. You have a guy like Kyle Pitts who, who came through Florida um, and left Florida probably um, arguably – one of the one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game, especially at Florida. I know that um that my man Ben Troop would probably uh, have a bone to pick with that statement. Um, but I want to ask you about about playing opposing tight ends. Um, specifically, I know that obviously the most important game is the next game, and Florida has an incredibly uh, big matchup game one um, this season with Utah, but. While it's out, of, while it's out of out of season, and you're you're preparing, I'm sure you're you're looking at Georgia, um, as they're one of the the eight SEC opponents that, that y'all will play in the regular season. Hopefully, you know we get to play another SEC opponent um in the postseason. Georgia has has arguably three of the best tight ends in the country. Tell us about um what it takes to match up one on one with a tight end like Kyle Pitts. Or like some of the guys on Georgia or Alabama or any other any other teams that you've that you've gone against. Um, tell us about what it's like to go up against these tight ends and how you how you're able to be so successful. Well, um let me give you the honest answer. The honest answer, Please. right? Yeah. DBs, we don't respect tight ends. We don't respect tight ends. Shade, I'm shade, be shade, honest. shade. I'm going to just be completely honest. I mean, uh, when you have someone like Kyle Pitts, of course. Yeah, of course. They're, that's a receiver now. That's not a, that's not a tight yeah. end. So, but when it comes to tight ends, like, generally, like, we don't respect them. They're not – They we don't lose ground. We kind of – we honestly play them kind of closer up because they can't run by us. They, they – Usually not. Usually, when a tight end gets separation, it comes. It comes from like pushing off or things like that. That's what the bigger guys. But when it comes to guys like Kyle Pitts and, and they can run routes, they can look like a receiver. They have the speed, things like that. Exactly. So I'm, not, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't. Yeah. All right. So just just making so, sure you're you're you are not saying that Kyle Pitts fits what you're calling a tight end right now. He is an exception to this. He's an exception. He's definitely exceptional. And guys, yeah. Um, so, at like, I mean, even a couple guys on Georgia who are um, not traditional tight ends, like um, like Gilbert or uh, or Bowers, do they fit more of your of your definition of tight end, or are they more receivers to you? I'll say Gilbert is more of a receiver. Bowers, he, um, I'm not like like again, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody, but he's not the route runner. 
to really create separation. He gets he does a lot of things like with the ball and ball real well. He's a great athlete, but as far as like someone like route running threatening, no, he's not that. I got you. So what you're saying is the uh, quote-unquote mismatch nightmare that a, that a tight end, you think that's sort of overblown? Do you think with the right defensive scheme you can oh, stop yeah. that pretty yeah, easily? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. You're a defensive so, guy, so of course you're going to say that. So just to, just to like push you a little bit in terms of um, what, you're, uh, what you're saying, is it more so kind of matching up the numbers in, in the in – the, um, in the secondary, I know that. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I mean you're you're the one who's studying this scheme. From what I've seen, it looks like Florida's base is going to be a, a four-two-five with five defensive backs. So, would that mm. having five defensive backs versus four defensive backs kind of solve the the mismatch that you would have if you have a large wide receiver types tight end? Most definitely, most definitely. And, you know, a lot of you see a lot of people in the game, they're starting to bring in a more bigger nickel, like a bigger nickel to be able to match with the tight ends um, instead of having a linebacker out there. So when you have a bigger nickel out there, you know, he can, he can play the rundowns, the run fits, and he can also cover. He's a more athletic guy. And he, can, he can run with tight ends, you know, and he's usually more athletic because he's a DB. Awesome. That's 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 uh, I really I really like that. So you you mentioned that you're not only going to be playing slot quarter, corner, but you're also going to be playing on the outside. Uh, tell me what it's like to be uh, playing with um, Jason Marshall. I know he's a guy that that uh, even even with kind of the the season not. I guess I guess the secondary was pretty good last year. I'm not going to hate on the secondary. It's mostly. Um, stopping the run that especially toward the the end of the season that was sort of the from from my my observation the downfall tell me about playing with Jason Marshall tell me what he what he's like as a player um real he he talked to you when he know you you know so we talk a little bit you know I was in the corner room so we talk a little bit he he, he a quiet dude you know he he come to work every day he come to work every day he do his thing he's consistent he's very consistent so that's 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 my um that's something I I have positive said about him. He's very consistent. You, you won't see a, you won't you'll rarely see an off day. Yeah, yeah, he's he's looking good. I mean, I mean, y'all are y'all are gonna have a breakout season. It's not DBU for nothing. I think Patrick Tony. I mean, I mean, you, you've already said it. I mean, Patrick Patrick Tony the Wizard, uh, Raymond the Goat. <laughs> I mean, it's oh yeah, oh yeah, it's showtime. <laughs> We're giving oh, our coaches yeah. all kinds of nicknames here today. Um, I, I like the wizard nickname. I'm definitely going to remember that. Um, I wanted to ask you specifically more about what's Napier, the silent assassin. <laughs> <laughs> what is your nickname for Napier? You got to have something. Uh, no man, it's Coach Napier. You know, that's the head man. That's the head man. We Coach Napier. Well, I mean, Patrick Tony's the head man of the defense. That doesn't doesn't count. Look, that. Man, P- PT, he he run through. That's my dog. You know, you know, we, we in the meeting room with him. You mean it? He he would DBU. Well, I mean, if, of course, of course, of course. But we we have just now given him the nickname of the Wizard. So we gotta, <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Um. So I I wanted to ask you going back to the the thing that Dustin had to ask you about going up against tight ends. Um. 
it, it just seemed to me like football is going to a spot now where the, the tight end job description is going to consist of a lot more athletic ability than it once did. Like 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even, I mean, a guy like Aaron Hernandez was, or Ben Troop was the anomaly. You just, you didn't have guys that were freakishly athletic. Now it feels like they're, they're supposed to be more naturally capable than, than they used to be able um, to, to, to be at the SEC level. So does it seem to you like there are more of these super athletic tight ends there, that there are more exceptions at the tight end position now to you than there were even five years ago? Oh, man, certainly, definitely, because now, you know, every kid goes to seven-on-seven. And every kid, you know, they go out and they go play these seven-on-seven. They go run routes. You have a lot of trainers nowadays. So a lot of these bigger kids, are they're getting high-level training. And these are bigger kids that, you know, um, that can move, and they're getting this training. That's turning them into big receivers. And, you know, that's where you tend to see that a lot, that you start to see that trend. Bigger guys get more training, and that's that's what it is to show for it. So now let me ask you about a specific tight end that you go up against all the time in practice, uh, Mr. Keon Zipperer. He is going to be the guy now for Florida. There's There are other tight ends. I mean, Nick Elksonis is there. There's going to be some help from guys like Dante Sanders and, and uh, Noah Keeter, who really stepped up in the spring. But it, it seems like – it really feels like Keon Zipper is going to be the guy for Florida at tight end, at least to start the year. So what about him do you think is – well, I'll, I'll ask it like this. What kind of season do you think he is going to have? Because we talked about the weapons that Florida has on offense. So what kind of season do you think he's going to have? And if he is very successful, how high do you think the ceiling is for Florida's offense? You know, with him, it is, it'll just add a quadruple threat, if <laughs> you want me to say, because, like, this is a guy, he's shifty. He can run, he can run the ball in his hands. You know, he can run good routes. He can catch the ball. You know, he, he, he loves he love contact. You know, he's not a scary, he's not a scary guy. You know, so, limit for him. Like, like, real, real good player. Real good player. So, that is that another exception to your rule about tight ends? Man, yeah, honestly, Honestly, yes, because he can run with the ball. Yes, he can really run with the ball. He can really run with the ball. Like he can make something happen with the ball in his hand. Yeah, we 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 saw flashes of that in 2020 and a little bit last year too. Um, so to sort of to sort of uh, end the pod, we like to do a couple of different things. Since we've been able to get players on, you know what? Let me back up and and just talk about the reason why we have a player on. This this whole thing and the reason that that Gator athletes are now able fine, to go more pods, yeah, I will. The reason that that you're seeing so many different Gator players on so many different pods nowadays is because of something called the Gator Collective. So, I, I think at this point, most of our listeners know what it is. But Jairus, if you wouldn't mind, talk a little bit about what the collective means to you and how special it is to be a part of something that's that's so new and so fresh in a new era of college sports. And honestly, um, I say this time and time again. Uh, it's really helping us as players. You know, it, it's like like this NIL. It allows it allows me to you know give back to my family. You know, sending things back home. You know, and for other guys, you know, 
the same thing, you know, didn't grow up, didn't have much, you know, and finally get a little bit of extra money, you know, that, that always, a little extra money always goes a long way. So it's just a blessing. Every opportunity is a blessing. And Gator Collective has been more than enough help, you know, for everybody, every single player that came in. Yeah, it's an amazing thing that, I mean, that there's so many different opportunities that players can get through it. They're, the, the players are, are able, for those who don't know, to to be compensated finally for their name, image, and likeness, which is also called NIL. Players can make any sort of public appearance, which can range from this podcast, all kinds of other forecasts, to going to a Florida Fan Fest. We had a, a Gator gathering in Orlando area not that long ago. Um, I mean, players can go on Twitter spaces, talk to fans that way. Players can record personalized video messages for their biggest fans. All, all kinds of, of quote-unquote public appearances that, the, that these players can do and not only be compensated for them, but expand their personal brands along the way. I mean, J.D., you're getting – I mean, you're going to have new fans because of this because every time you make one of these quote-unquote public appearances, you expand your personal brand and get your name and your personality and – more out there and you display the human behind the athlete that we all see on TV more often. So Gator Collective, shout out for everything that y'all do. Speaking of which, there's something pretty cool coming out not too long after this podcast is released. So y'all stay tuned for that. Um, But yeah, so what I I was getting at when I mentioned um, Gator Collective is there are now more athletes um, out there doing pods than there were before because they weren't really allowed to. But now that we are allowed to ask, or now that we now that we are allowed to have more athletes on our podcast, we are able to compare answers to things such as to start the show, the lightning round with the jersey color combo. Um, we also like to end the show with something similar. Uh, we call it superlatives, or as Dustin likes to call it, superlatives. He, I don't know why he just – he likes that pronunciation. <laughs> but, yeah, so – Oh, man. The, yeah, the writer in the room is uh, correcting me. I see how it is. Well, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're, dude, you're the guy that, that came up with the, the word missituation. <laughs> what? Oh, man. What? On this pod. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> it, was, it, was, wow. no, it was funny. It was hilarious. Wow. Wow, <laughs> man, man, I got to – I got a degree in aerospace engineering from the University of Florida. You're going to correct me about words. Oh, dude, no, no, no. <laughs> oh, Dustin man. is a genius. This man, this man, like, literally is a rocket scientist. So um, that's that's not oh, what man. I'm after. I'm just saying that's it's funny. Crazy. Yeah, no. don't worry about it. No, I- <laughs> we have we have fun on the pod. We we enjoy we enjoy. Yeah, that's great. I mean, Dustin and I have a relationship like a lot of brothers have with each other. Uh, I mean, we went to the FSU game last year. Did we share a hotel or no, no, you, you went to Ocala with, with your parents. Okay. I met you there. That's right. But yeah, I mean, we, we had a lot of fun last yeah. year at the FSU game doing the mocking FSU on their way out with that. That what? was great. My goodness. You almost had a heart attack. Dude, dude, this guy had, Neil, yeah. you almost had a heart attack. Oh, I did. It, I, it was, it was a struggle. I'm like, I'm like, man, as long as AR gets in the game, we're going to be fine. <laughs> like, we just, oh, need, we just need a touchdown. That's all we need. Dude, it wasn't oh, even man. AR. It was, it was the fourth quarter. FSU's offense remembered 
how to move the ball more than two yards a drive. And once they stopped fumbling punts and shanking their own punts out of bounds, they actually moved it. So I was, I was a little, a little uneasy, but it was all well that ends well. Um, got to, got to taunt them with their own little uh, channel, <laughs> which is great. Got the dub. So nice, nice memory to have. Anyway, it's always great to get the dub. Oh yeah, dude, that, that, hey. that, that went a little bit more so than others though. Cause I mean, the, the games before that, nah, that didn't really go so well. But then to end it for your yep. seniors, that's actually another good question before we finish up with superlatives or superlatives. Um, I mean, to you having come into this locker room with you know, no real familiarity with the team before you got there, but then to meet guys like Damian Pierce, Zach Carter, to be able to send them off with a W against the big bad or not so big bad Knowles, um, to end their careers in the swamp. What did that mean to you as, as a guy that, that got there and became so close with these, these seniors? Oh man, that was, that's great, man. I still think about those guys, man, you know, uh, big two seven, as I like to call them, you know, big two seven. I'm a little, I was a little two seven, you know? So my dude DP, you know, it was, it was great. It was great just seeing their faces, man. They was all happy. You know, regardless of how the season went, you know, they was all happy because, you know, they've been here. They, they've they been here for multiple years. And, uh, you know, to beat Florida State, that's always going to be a um, big win. A win in general is always going to make you feel happy. So, you know, finishing out your, your senior season, you know, beating Florida State, I know them boys were happy. And now they're about to go make money and, you know, go go give to their family. So, man, it's, it's just – it's a blessing. Everything is a blessing. You know, it works out. Man, that's awesome. So we're going to start off the uh, this segment, and I'm going to try my best to pronounce it right. Superlatives. Is that close? <laughs> this man is a rocket scientist, a literal, actual <laughs> rocket scientist. He's a genius, and he doesn't know how to pronounce that word right. Unreal. Superlatives, oh, right? This, this, is that right? This freaking guy. <laughs> Anyhow, so, um, Jadarius, I have to ask you, who is the funniest guy on the team? Naquan Wright. Naquan. You got it. You got a Naquan. story? Can you tell us a story? Naquan. Quick one. Man, he's just funny. He's just funny. Like, like it's not even just a story. He's just funny. Like, like he'll he'll see you one day. He'll uh, like he'll tell you. Like he's like a coach, man. He's like a coach, man. Like, say if you if you walk in a meeting, if you walk in a meeting, if you not, if you don't have, you know, if you're not in the best mood, he'll he'll tell you, hey, what you doing? Like, what what you what you doing? Get your stuff right. You, you coming? You coming in looking like that? You in the meeting? You you coming to work? You coming to work today? You ain't happy? Like, like just man, he's just funny. Like he he, he an overall character. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, you know what? Lorenzo said the same thing. Now that I think about it, this is why, and this is why I was talking about the collective. Why I was talking about having different players on. We get to compare answers. Lorenzo said the same thing. So now we have a <laughs> yeah. nice comparison there, um, and and a common theme. So. That's the funniest well, that's, guy. That, that's amazing to think, though, because, I mean, Lorenzo's going to – you would think he'd say someone in the running back room, but, I mean, the fact that we got a DB saying somebody on the other side of the ball is the funniest true. guy on the team. He, yeah. He's probably, he's probably got to be up there. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. great. So that's the funniest guy on the team. Who is the fastest guy on the team? Hey man, I, I always say myself. So if you want me to be? Don't don't ask that question. I'm gonna be biased. 
All right, then I'm going to say aside from JD, who is the fastest guy on the team? Avery, Avery Helm. Ooh, Avery. That's Definitely Avery. Why? I mean, is, is it close? Like, like who who would you yeah. say is is right behind him? And and are those races competitive? I mean, what what makes you say him? Because you don't really get them going in you know forty yard dashes against each other. I'll say Avery, and the next will probably be um. I don't know. Probably Jamarcus. Jamarcus Weston, yeah. Okay. Jamarcus can really run. Oh, Ricky. Ricky. Ricky just came in. Yes, Ricky. Ricky. Ricky is right behind him. Ricky Pearsall. Okay. Ricky's we're, – we're, we're excited about him. Oh, yeah. He, man, he, he showed a lot to all of us already. So, who's the strongest player on the team? Big Dez. Dez. <laughs> Uh, oh, big Dez. Yeah, yeah. Watson. Next, I'll probably say Kingsley. Kingsley, yeah. All right, deadlift that, contest. Awesome. Kingsley versus Big Dez. Who wins? I'm going to pick Dez all the time. Really? Oh, man. Okay. Deep block. I mean, yeah, I, I shouldn't say really like it's a surprise, but it's I, – I would imagine those would be very, very, very closely contested battles. But you're saying Big Dez. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to ad lib one in real quick. Who has the, we have a, a team where we have an offensive lineman with the last name garage. We got a kicker named Trey smack. Um, who has the best name on the team in your opinion? Trey smack, Trey smack. <laughs> Trey, and that boy is funny. That man, that boy is so funny. He a character. <laughs> Oh, you kind of have to be. I, I wish I wish someone would tell him not to, you know, do belly flops into pools. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, Gave my. me a heart attack when I saw that. Um, uh, oh no! <laughs> why? Why? I guess he went for the smack. <laughs> I, I, I mean, dude, that that seeing that video made my heart smack against my foot. It just dropped down my body. But that. <laughs> Oh, man. He's okay. He he survived it, but I mean, just for his own good, maybe tell him his not to do that. With him. Oh my! Hey, hey! As long as he's hitting fifty yarders, I don't care what he's doing. Sure. <laughs> I told him. I, I told him. As long as you make the kick, we don't care. If you miss it, we all gonna be mad. That is, <laughs> exactly. that. That, is that, that is the right way to approach it. <laughs> it's like um, it's like Anthony with the backflips. You know, just don't yeah. get hurt. <laughs> All right, so, so 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 speaking of, who would you say? I mean, we we know who is not going to win this award based on what we just said, but who is the smartest teammate? Who smartest? Mm. They all fools to me. I don't. I don't. You know what? Rashad Torrance. Rashad Torrance. He, yeah, Rashad Torrance. He he's smart. You no, know, he we always arguing about we always arguing about who's smarter. He, he's smart. You you want to say football smart or do you want to just say just overall rocket science? Both, either. Yeah, okay, football smart. I'll say Rashad Torrance. Definitely. Um, 
And when it comes to school, out of the secondary, Donovan, Donovan McMillan, that boy is smart. That boy, he pretty smart. Grades, A1. Wow. Wow, that's great. So switching back to more so the results in the field, who would you say the, the biggest player to watch for is? Besides yourself, of course. Biggest player to watch. Tariq Sapp. Sapp. Tariq Sapp, wow. Yeah. What do you, what do you expect from him? He's a monster. That's my roommate. That boy a monster. Whoa. Like, that boy is a monster. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. I've right on to have, Neil. Definitely have, um, have high hopes for him this year. So, the last two, I mean, going to be, especially the second one, going to be, I mean, I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to change it up a little bit so we can get better, more fun answers. The, the penultimate question for you concerns Mr. Richardson, who Dustin and I both have pegged as, as at least a contender for the Heisman Trophy this year. We don't want to put too much on him in terms of expectations but we do think that it is certainly possible that he wins the Heisman. So we'll start with him, and then we'll work our way back and go to the team. But fill in the blank. Anthony Richardson will win the Heisman Trophy if blank happens. If we win a national championship, go to the national championship. I don't know. No, college football playoff. Honestly, if we win, we win. He's gonna go. He's gonna be a high school. It all forms or it all goes around him. Yeah, that's that's the answer I was kind of expecting. Because I mean I, I know you're I, I know you have a lot of confidence about yourself, but it is founded within the team. It is it is team first about for you, and I know that's how you operate. So speaking of that and given what you just said, the Florida Gators will Win the national championship if what happens specifically? Who has to play well? Which game do you have to win? What has to go right? What has to? Who has to step up, et cetera? Everybody. If everybody comes together, including when it comes to walk-ons, scout team, you know, everybody as a whole. If when if everybody as a whole like is on one page, then we will win the national championship. No doubt in my mind, have all the talent in the room. That's that's the perfect. I mean, that that's the perfect way to cap the show, man. I remember talking to a guy who, who 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 has come from not the best background, but he's worked hard. He's worked harder, and he's continued working hard, and he's gotten himself to a point now where he's going to have a role in this Florida Gators defense. Um, Rashad, or Rashad, I was thinking of Rashad Torrance, um, but I mean Rashad, Avery Helm. We got other young guys that maybe fans haven't even heard of yet that are going to have to step up into larger roles alongside guys that fans do know more, such as uh, Jason Marshall and, and yourself. But I mean, JD, we're less than 40 days away from kickoff. We're, we're getting so, so close. I'll be there. Dustin will be there. 90,000 plus fans will be there in the swamp. What is your parting message to Gator nation about the upcoming season before you, you know, before you shut off all distractions and really zero in on camp. We remember last year. We remember last year. Uh, we, 
we remember last year. That's all I got to say. We know how it feel. That's really all. Yeah, short, concise, and to the point. Um, wow. Well, JD remembers last year, guys, and I'm betting yep. that his teammates do too because I know he is not the only one who – who, who operates the way he does. I know that this team is not very happy with what happened last year. I know that, you know, big things are coming to those who work hard and I know you work as hard as anybody. So um, that's, that's pretty much all we've got y'all. Um, if you, if you liked our show, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe to us on iTunes. It helps with all kinds of algorithms and we'll get JD in front of more listeners. So JD, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by. No and problem taking the time to talk Gators with us. Best of luck to you in camp, and we'll see you first weekend of September. Yes, sir, man. Time to go be some youths, whatever you call it. Yeah, man. Show out. Show show Utah what it's like to be in the hot Florida sun, the swamp. It's going to be live. Boy, it's going to melt. Yeah, I man. mean, it's it's – it's 38 days away when everybody hears this. Um, it's, it's currently 96 degrees where I am right now. So I'll be ready. Dustin, native of Florida, he'll be ready. I know you're from the South too, so I know you'll be ready. The Gators will be ready. They remember last year. They're, and they're not happy about it. And they're ready to make a new story for themselves with a new coach, Billy Napier, a new staff featuring a wizard, a goat, and – a lot of hungry youngsters. So, JD, thank you so much, and best of luck to you. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, hey, um, I, we got to do it. For from we got we got a Gator player on. We got to say, go Gators. Go Gators. Yes. Man, go Gators. Go Gators. <laughs> All right, y'all.